I'm always seeing things on the news and thinking that can't be right, can it? Listen to the KYW News Radio in depth podcast and make it make sense. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Brian, do you have a favorite Bruce Willis movie? I might have a favorite Bruce Willis role. I mean, of course, I have a favorite Bruce Willis movie, but I think my favorite role of his, Butch Coolidge, Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Good call. Good one. I myself, I don't, yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I definitely am a fan of the whole Unbreakable series. I have a uh, couple degrees of separation from him as well. I went to college with Scout Willis, met her at a party one time. There you go. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, Die Hard, love the Die Hards. One thing I didn't realize until I started looking into this and started Googling Bruce Willis movies, as I'm sure everyone else has in the last 24 hours, was just how early on in Bruce Willis's career the first Die Hard was. This was just like maybe his, within his first five or 10 films. Yeah, it would be really interesting to go back and look at his whole career, start to finish, watch some of those old movies. Now that, sadly, Bruce Willis is retiring from acting. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. And of course, Bruce Willis' family announced on Wednesday that he's stepping away from acting due to a diagnosis of something called aphasia. This is actually the second piece of celebrity news this week that deals with a medical diagnosis. And as sad as I am about this news that Bruce Willis is retiring, i got to be honest, I will be glad if it takes some of the attention off of this whole Oscars slap thing that I'm really sick of hearing about. At the same time, I think it is really important to talk about the medical conditions behind both of these. So later on, we're going to bring in KYW's community impact reporter Raquel Williams to tell us a little bit about alopecia, which is the hair loss condition that Jada Pinkett Smith has. But first, let's take a closer look at Bruce Willis's diagnosis of aphasia. Yeah, Sabrina, I had heard a little bit about aphasia before all this from my wife. She's a speech-language therapist, and it's something, obviously, that affects language, your memory, your executive functioning, those sorts of things. But Mike Darty, one of our reporters at KYW News Radio, spent the morning talking to experts in the field exactly about what aphasia is and what goes into a diagnosis. So, Mike, tell us, what have you learned about aphasia? So aphasia is a cognitive disorder that affects your ability to communicate with other people as well as it's sort of a ingoing and outgoing message problem. You can't communicate what you're feeling and you can't understand what other people are saying. It's a real problem. It's it's a very frustrating illness for people uh, and their families to go through. It's it's sad to hear Bruce's, you know, suffering through this. And I was reading an article from the LA Times yesterday that apparently this isn't new. Um, that he's been going through this for a little while. And it's kind of one of those things that people who have worked with him in recent films, you know, they have sort of reduced his his dialogue a little bit in order to, you know, get him through it. Mike, how quickly can something like this come on? I mean, I would imagine it's something that develops over time, right? Yeah, it progresses over time. And as with most mental things, it's not, there's no one size fits all solution or diagnosis. It's It's a spectrum type of situation. So our medical editor, Dr. Brian McDonough, sort of explained for us what aphasia was because I didn't know about it. I never really heard of it until today. What Bruce Willis is suffering from is a condition that basically takes away your ability to communicate, your ability to speak, to be understood easily, uh, even can impact language like writing, those types of things. 
We also reached out to Moss Rehab and uh, Dr. Sharon Antonucci there is the director of the aphasia center. She said, this is a really difficult thing for patients to deal with because they haven't lost their mental abilities. They just, they, they can't get their words out. Many people with aphasia will describe that they know what they want to say. They just can't get it to come out the way that they want it to. Aphasia is not a cognitive impairment. Um, People with aphasia maintain their intelligence. They maintain their memories. They're able to make new memories, learn new things. Um, And there are resources and therapies that are available that can help people with aphasia. From what it sounds like, though, most people who do suffer from this will, will take it with them for a significant portion of their lives. This is something that affects people of all ages. It's not just, you know, a, an older people kind of thing. It's anybody who really suffers head injuries. You know, that's the, that's the catalyst for this. Right. I think that's kind of the big question right now. Head injuries, stroke, those are some of the triggers. But do we know anything? What do we know about Bruce's diagnosis? Do we have any idea what caused it? No, we don't. And it doesn't seem like we ever will. That's a private that's a private situation there. We don't know if he's had a stroke. We don't know if he's had concussions. We know he does a lot of his own stunts in a lot of these movies. That's why he's such a great, great actor and such a fan favorite because he's that dude. And he's going through these things and you don't know if he's been concussed or taken a fall. You know, it's hard to tell. So we, we won't, we probably won't ever really know the truth behind Bruce. But I think the bigger thing is to raise awareness about this and for people to know that there is treatment out there and that you can have improved outcomes if you have some speech language therapy and get through it. Now, aphasia, Mike, it's something that not only takes a toll on the person with the diagnosis itself, but also the support system around that person. Have you learned any more about information, resources that friends, family of someone who's been diagnosed with aphasia, resources they could take advantage of? Well, yeah, you'll want to you want to check in with Moss Rehab and other other rehab facilities that that deal with this. They'd be more than happy to guide a family through the best way to handle these situations and the best practices to help people get on a better, more comfortable track in life. Mike Doherty, thanks so much for shedding some light on some of the things that Bruce Willis might be going through and other people who are dealing with and have been diagnosed with aphasia. Whenever we talk about movies and movie stars, we would be remiss if we didn't get Andre Bennett involved. Andre writes KYW's weekly What to Watch column, among many, many other things that he does for KYW News Radio. Andre, what are some of your biggest takeaways and favorite moments of Bruce Willis's career? Well, first of all, I'd like to add uh, you guys would be remiss and I'd be offended. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But thank you for thank you for having me. Uh, What are some of my favorite moments? The first thing I think of with Bruce Willis actually is moonlighting. And I think a lot about watching that with my mom every week. It's impossible to overstate just how big moonlighting was and just how big that made Bruce Willis. He was just this amazingly charismatic, almost force. So that that to me is like the first thought when i think of bruce willis and that really just sort of set the tone for a lot of his career especially his early career he went from that to blind date and then the then die hard basically was taking the smart the uh, smart mouth bruce willis persona from moonlighting and adding this action hero dimension to it that um really uh, just 
became like the Bruce Willis like archetype for a long time until M. Night Shyamalan came along and then he sort of readapted, uh, reinvented himself as this, you know, stoic, almost John Wayne style uh, leading man. But uh, he's always had that, that sort of steely gaze that like it's great for action, obviously. But also, if you ever watch his appearances on late on uh, the Letterman show, for comedy too, he's just he can he's the most amazing deadpan guy. He can just do so much with just a look. Uh, of course, Bruce Willis means a lot to this area again through his collaborations with M Night Shyamalan. He also grew up here. He grew up in uh, Salem County in South Jersey, so I think he has more connections to the area than I even realized. He grew up here. He went to college in North Jersey. He went to Montclair State University. His, his life has just intersected through through this area like so much. Um, and he only made five movies here, but he feels like a part of the fabric totally. of the Philly movie scene because those movies were – to speak of influence, they they really boosted Philly's profile. I, I, the Sixth Sense was huge for Philadelphia movies, like bringing productions here because I can't think of a lot of movies that really made such beautiful use of this city. He and M. Night Shyamalan, I mean, you, you really – I really wish they had made more than uh, three, four movies together. And and this diagnosis, this news, it's a shame because for an actor who who makes – for someone who makes their living with words, you know, by remembering dialogue and just by communicating, this is – it's horrible, horrible condition. It's for anyone, but it's especially cruel for someone like that because all of a sudden you, you don't have that anymore. I feel for, for Bruce Willis and his family. I, I – it's this is really like out of all the retirement announcements, you know, that, that you know, that pop up and, you know, with with actors and such. This one really just it, it, it cuts. I was going to say it's not too often that you actually hear of formal retirement announcements by an actor or an actress, because I guess there's always there's always a chance you think with actors and actresses who you loved in their prime or in their glory years that in some way, shape or form, maybe they'll resurface and come back. But with something like this, it does feel like now aphasia can affect people different ways depending on where it is in the brain. But it does feel like there is some sort of finality to this. It does. It's like there's always a chance, however small, that Gene Hackman will come out of retirement. There's always a chance, however small, that Jack Nicholson will come out of retirement. This is definitive for Bruce Willis unless some miracle happens. But that's honestly – it feels kind of selfish to to – Think, oh, when's he going to come back to movies? When's he going to come back to movies? When it's just really, you know, you hope, when's he, is he going to be able to live uh, the rest of his life, you know, optimally? How's it going to affect his quality of life? Tough news for all of us, but, you know, thinking of his family first and foremost. Andre, thanks so much for, for coming in, for reflecting and sharing your thoughts on this. Thank you for having me. Now, in a minute, we'll turn over to the other health diagnosis that's been in the news this week, alopecia. Raquel Williams will join us to help explain why that G.I. Jane joke got Will Smith so riled up at the Oscars right after this quick break. Hi. 
I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. Up until we heard about Bruce Willis retiring, which was announced yesterday, all anyone was talking about this week was the slap at the Oscars. Can we just put celebrity gossip aside for a second and talk about the medical condition that this brings up, which is alopecia? I think a lot of people still really don't know much about it. That was my first reaction, Sabrina, when all this went down was, okay, what caused Will Smith to do this? And then when I heard that it might have been something to do with how Jada Pinkett Smith reacted to alopecia, my next thought was, okay, we need to understand what alopecia is better, how to recognize it, and how it affects people. Yeah, absolutely. Because clearly it is a sensitive issue if it could cause someone to get so riled up that they would get up on stage and slap a guy at the Oscars. Our community impact reporter Raquel Williams did a story this week highlighting alopecia and what exactly it is, why it's such a sensitive issue. So I asked her to come in and chat and help explain this a little bit. So Raquel, help us explain this for those who might not be familiar with the condition. What exactly is alopecia? Well, alopecia specifically is a medical term that actually means hair loss. And for alopecia, there are so many different types. Um, One is the most uh, talked about one is alopecia areata. And that is one uh, where the body's autoimmune system just attacks the hair follicles for whatever reason. It can come, it can go, it can be brought on by stress. Um, It's really a mystery, but um, it, it results in patches of hair just being lost. And of course, that's not that's not an easy thing to deal with at all. Yeah. Does it cause any other health problems that are related to this or is it just purely hair loss? No. People who suffer from alopecia are generally otherwise healthy with no other clues of anything else going on. Um, and this can happen at any point in your life. And that's really, you know, what's what's scary about it. Yeah, I did speak about the uh, issue with Dr. Kendris Heath. She is with uh, Temple University Health. She's a dermatologist. And she was talking about how difficult it is, especially for women to deal with when it comes to hair loss. Hair has definitely been talked about in spirituality. There are some uh, people who it is a form of their religion to do certain things with their hair. So it's way more than just cosmetic. I've spent time with them. We talk about the diagnosis and all of these things and our approach. And they say, you know what? It will be easier to just shave all of my hair off. Several famous figures have talked about this. Of course, we are recently talking about Jada Pinkett Smith, but Congresswoman Ayanna Presley made yeah. a, a big thing about it before. But just because they've been public about it doesn't mean that it's not hard for them. And like you said, self-esteem is kind of one of one of the biggest things. And there are millions of other people who suffer from this, too, and maybe don't speak about it so much. Why is hair loss such a sensitive issue to so many people? Boy, since the beginning of, uh, you know, modern medicine, learning how to grow hair back and all of the different uh, little elixirs that people had back in the day that you put ointment on your hair so your hair wouldn't thin. I mean, but it happens. Uh, It happens gradually with age, of course. But then there are some things that uh, can bring it on, whether you're on medication or what have you, or just for no reason, such as alopecia. It's difficult because hair, especially for women, I like to say is kind of like our crown and glory Aesthetically, of course, speaking. And when you start to when it starts to thin or we start to lose it, it's devastating. So, you know, we reach for wigs, we reach for elixirs, we reach for whatever we can. And the game tends to be, okay, let's either cover it up or just shave it off. And the confident people, I call them confident because uh, Jada does it very well. She wears it very well. The congresswoman wears it well. 
shave their head completely off. And that's just a way of not dealing with the patchiness and just keeping it uniform. Not yeah. really for a stack fashion statement, but actually for necessity. Yeah. We're, we are sitting here as two women with fabulous hair, if I may say so myself, <laughs> and, and give you that compliment. I've worried about that. I'm not going to lie. Like if I, my hair is my crowning glory. It's not in its best state today. And here I go proving why hair is such a a thing that I'm constantly (laughs) worried about it on Zoom and making sure it looks good. Alopecia can affect anyone, but it seems to affect African-Americans more often. And you know, hair is a thing with black women already. There's so much to deal with. It's always been... Uh, a bit of a hot topic of people want to touch your hair and all of that. Do you think that also kind of builds on top of, you know, if you then start losing your hair, it it just makes it that much more emotional? Yeah, I I think it really does. And you, you brought up the whole, the black woman issue, you know, the struggle with the hair has been an issue for, uh, for forever. There are some things that the doctor spoke about in terms of uh, the hairstyles that we tend to wear that kind of put tension on Mm. our hair, especially along the hairline, which is where some of that alopecia can start. So some of the preventative measures would be, you know, not to wear the hair too far back in the tight ponytails, you know, slicking it back in the tight ponytails or not to have um, hair extensions that are too tight or braids that are too tight on your hair. Those things cause tension on the hair follicles and around the hairline. Those things can actually bring bring about a problem as well. And it, and it can exacerbate maybe an underlying problem of alopecia that hasn't even you know come to the full surface yet. It's always been a big deal. Uh, it's half of our outfit. Uh, for for the most part, you know, half of the outfit is hair and makeup, getting this ready, and then we put the clothes on. So, right. you know, when you start to lose it and you don't have anything to work with, it's it's devastating. It becomes very devastating, and and we become very sensitive to it. And no, it's not funny. It's not funny, and it's 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 not up for jokes. And um, you know, if you don't realize somebody is struggling with something, you know, it's probably better to just not say anything, even if you're wondering hmm, what's going on there. Why is she bald today? <laughs> um, maybe she's struggling with alopecia. You know, maybe yeah. she's going through that journey of discovery to try to figure out, should I shave it off? Should I keep wearing wigs? Should I do something else, put on a wrap or a hat? Or should I just say, hey, world, this is me and this is what I'm dealing with. And people who do that, very brave, I have to say. Even before I knew what alopecia was, there was always the the risk of if someone shaved their head off or, or was bald, could it be because of like cancer? So I think I've always sort of thought, hey, you know what, just don't question it. Yes. And even if there's no other reason, it's just their choice and let's not make fun of it. Because, you know, we don't do that with men. If mm. men shave their heads bald, it's like, oh, you're bald now. OK, that is definitely part of it. Right. Because having short hair is seen as not feminine. So it stands out when a woman shaves her head. I can't wait till we get rid of all these stigmas. Really, if you no hair, long hair, big hair, right. short hair, whatever it is, you are who you are. Who cares? Absolutely. We are not our hair. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I. I've been talking with my parents since this came up because I think my grandmother may have had alopecia. She was never diagnosed, but she was fully bald as long as I knew her, Wow, which is interesting. And it makes me wonder, is alopecia being diagnosed more often now? Is that because it's been around, but perhaps we didn't we didn't know so much about it before. 
It's been around, uh, but I guess now that there are doctors that can quickly recognize it, and uh, women especially as we go through our different processes and realizes, realize that we have thinning or little patches, we'll run to the doctor quickly and go, what's going on? What's yeah. happening here? Um, so we're probably getting it diagnosed more because we're more concerned about it and we're not afraid to ask our physicians about, hey, I'm experiencing this. Is this hormonal? What, what is happening? We kind of went through this a little bit, but is there anything that people can, anything else that people can do to support someone who's going through alopecia or just be a little more understanding and respectful? I think you actually answered the question because that's what we have to do. We have to be understanding and we have to be accepting. We have to be respectful and we have to just understand that they may be going through something that we don't know about. Automatically, like you said, we think, okay, bald head, young woman, maybe it's cancer. And we never question that person about that. We never judge them. We just respect their space. So we should do the same thing no matter what. Just let people be. They really should not have to answer to us because of the way they're wearing the hair or if they don't have any hair. I think you and I think along the same lines anyway. (laughs) Just leave it alone. I think that's a great rule in general. You never know what someone is going through. And, you know, if they are not upfront about it, just let them be. Let them do their thing. Let us all live our lives let us be great, regardless of what's on our scalp. <laughs> yes. Raquel, thank you for joining us once again. Regular guest on, on the Johncast, and it's always good to see you. Happy to be here, as always. We love Raquel's story. She's had so many good ones in particular the last few weeks. Always great talking with her. We'll have a link to that one in the episode description. Make sure you listen to Raquel, as always, on the Bridging Philly podcast. That does it for us today. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. Tomorrow, I'll have a preview of Philadelphia Theater Week, which is super cool, lots of great shows. I'll tell you what it's all about and what shows you've got to see. And of course, we'll have our Philadelphia Sports Fan of the Week and our weekly Udo Haiku. Join us for all that tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.